4: And uh, welcome, we appreciate you listening very much, KLZ 560, Charlie Grimes, your engineer, Larry Unger answering phones, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with me today, and of course I'm your host, and we had somebody email me a minute ago and complain about our topic saying that it sounds like you're just a bunch of grumpy old men complaining. No folks, that's not the way this works. When people start calling (laughs) in with a particular thing that they get on and other people join in, this is how we run our program. If you don't like it, there's a dial you can turn. Sorry, being a little rude there, but... You don't like what you're listening to, turn the dial
5: or call in and change the subject yeah, or call in and dispute these whatever
4: things, whatever you want to do. But don't send me an email saying you don't like it. If you don't like it, then call in and say so. Quit being a keyboard cowboy, anyways. <laughs> Tries me nuts sometimes. 303 477 5600 is our phone number. Call us, we'd love to chat and really any topic. That's what we do here. I let you guys, really, for the most part, direct the direction that we go. There are times where I will sort of direct that. Uh, accordingly, I've got something I want to talk about in regards to hail in a moment. But really, this is about you guys. You call in. You have questions, comments, things you want to ask. Uh, somebody also had a good idea, by the way, on the uh, battery tender. So we, we had, uh, I believe it was, I don't think, yeah, 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 I didn't write it down. Yeah, no, I did. Robert, Robert. Robert called in a little bit ago asking about the car sitting, the battery, how long it would last, and so on. Somebody it did send in a great idea on that as well, and I should have mentioned it. If the car's parked outside, they make solar-powered battery tenders that actually work really well. So if you're you know, not someplace where you can plug in easily to an outlet and the car sits out, maybe it's a little distance away from the garage or whatever, they do make solar-powered battery tenders that also work really well that I should have mentioned. Now, if the car's parked inside, of course, that doesn't do you much good. Just plug in the wall outlet, and away you go.
5: Yeah, and if you're going to use a solar-powered one that plugs into your cigarette lighter, you better make sure that cigarette lighter's powered when the key's off.
4: Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah good point because not all are yeah that's that's a good point as well now in some cases i still like the battery tenders where you go right onto the battery itself Mm -hmm. because then you're not going through any of the electronics on the car as jeff just said a moment ago again the solar powered ones would still work for that you just got to make sure you run the wires correctly and do that now again if it's parked inside you've got to plug into a wall outlet and put your battery tender on it and go but again folks they work very well And one of those things that we talk about periodically, and especially for some of you that have different cars where, you know, maybe you're not using it as much as you once were, but you're still keeping the car around, but you want to keep things up to speed. Uh, Two ways to do that. You can either do a disconnect on the battery. I still would put a battery tender on it even if you did that. But it would keep that parasitic charge down or that parasitic draw down. Downside to that, if it's a late model vehicle and you're disconnecting that battery every time, you could potentially end up with some other issues that you may not want. Yep. Right.
5: Well, the car will record low battery voltages and disconnects, and you might lose some memory settings that you didn't want to lose, and yeah, you're a lot of little Better off with a tender and go for it. Better off with the tender. Yeah. One thing I would also add is, especially if you're letting cars sit for a longer period of time, you know, like this um, customer that called in or caller that called in, mm. um, that he wasn't sure what the normal draw was. Get that tested
4: right good point
5: you know maybe you do have something that's going on and instead of the 0.05 amp or less draw that's generally considered acceptable in most newer cars maybe you have something that's a cro- approaching a half amp or even a full amp a draw that's right. going to kill two, a battery pretty yeah, quick
4: or, exactly one or two amps and you would be there correct yep. good point so get that tested good point so yeah uh what i was trying to get at and i think jeff would would agree, a lot of the late model vehicles, because of the amount of electronics that are on them, just simply the amount of computers they're keeping awake. Mm-hmm. Let's say it that way. I, mm-hmm. Probably the best way for me to explain that is, in a lot of vehicles today, you don't just have one computer running the fuel timing management system on the vehicle like we had in the quote unquote old days, yep. which by the way, we've been running computerization on cars since the early 80s. So the reality is they're no longer running one computer to manage that end of things. We've got them, Jeff, running everything. Oh, yeah. every Literally, body control modules. Some of them are running HVAC. That could be separate. The lighting on the car can be separate.
5: Uh, what what other things am I missing that these things control? Uh, well, you can talk about the infotainment systems, the driver assist systems. Um, down the line. Mean, you, some of these I, have I, a dozen computers or more. Easily. Easily.
4: So, there you go. So, yeah. folks, that's where some of these parasitic – no, that's not – that is where these parasitic draws are coming from. I need yep. to say that correctly. Yep. So, again, that, that's where that stuff, stuff handles. Again, you, you feel free to call us or text us. Our text line is open, 303-477-5600. Somebody else has said on those, um, uh, those battery tenders that you use outside, they don't really need a lot of uh, sunshine to make them work properly either. I've not used a battery tender uh, for that purpose uh, so I, I have no experience on that level. I'm, I'm working off of whatever somebody is texting me right. in right now on the text line because I've n- I've never used right. one that and way. And that will all
5: depend on the actual draw of the car. Correct. Because right? a lot of these ones are pretty small. Like, like those little solar ones that you lay on your dash, they'll provide maybe a quarter of an amp or something. Or if your draw is more than that, a,
4: you're not keeping up.
5: Exactly. Good point. But it will slow down that draw, and it Great may point. be slowing it down enough that it's a reasonable amount. Great point. All right, so, folks, again, lines are open, 303-477-5600.
4: Question of the day, what one current driving law would you eliminate if you could? What's one current driving law you would eliminate if you could? 303-477-5600. Steve uh, has a comment on the batteries as well. Steve, go ahead.
6: Yes, sir. Uh, question is, um, not a question, but a comment. A lot of people don't know that pretty much all modern cars have a 600 to 800, Milliamp drawdown, number one.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Number two, when you replace the battery, you did not notice, you have to reprogram the battery control module.
4: In some cases, that's people correct, people yes. That. You are I correct. I didn't know that either. Yes, you are correct.
6: And if you don't, it's going to strip the charging for that new battery. Yeah, so there, there's a lot uh, of
4: vehicle uh, makes and manufacturers, or manufacturers and makes and models of vehicles, Steve, or what you just said is exactly right, and not everybody out there really understands that and you really need to do your research on your particular vehicle that you're driving if you're planning on replacing the battery a lot of shops know this information although there are probably some quick shops maybe is the best way for me to say this that may or may not know what we're talking about and you really have to yep. be careful of the vehicle and that programming, like you just said, Steve. And that's why that's why folks don't really understand. In some cases, a battery replacement can be three hundred dollars or more because of what we're talking about. And it's not all battery cost; it's the yep. the labor and the no. the programming that goes with it.
5: Well, it'll probably be even higher than that because heck, there are batteries out there now that are over three hundred. Let alone mm. some of the AGMs installs. Yes, yes. And, yes. Um, I mean,
6: I'm just on one of this interior resistors out there. First, you have to do a diagnostic once you replace the battery, and then you've got to make sure. Mm-hmm. You have the the tools to reprogram that battery control module, and if you don't, you're going to have more problems.
4: Yep. Yeah, and and for everybody listening, the reason what the reason why this is, and make sure that we explain this a little bit further, Steve, is the old battery is requiring a different charge. Uh, how should I say this, output from the alternator because they're regulating that according to what that particular battery needed. So its memory is saying, hey, this battery was there. I'm going to now keep charging it the way that it once was. Unless you reset that, it doesn't know the battery was replaced because it it has no way of knowing.
6: Correct. And on your discussion of a solar panel to prevent the parasitic drag, drawing down the battery, that is the best money you will ever spend. Trust me.
4: Okay. There you go. All right, so second testimony on that. Steve, thanks, as always. I do appreciate it very much. Let's go to Josie and Thornton, who's got a question on her Mustang. Josie, welcome.
7: Welcome. How are you doing, sir? I have a 68. Good, thank you. I have a 68 Mustang 390. Okay. No fuel to the carburetor. I replaced the fuel pump, replaced the fuel filter.
5: What other ideas can you provide? Do you have any kind of blockage in the fuel tank? Like if you disconnect your if you disconnect your <coughs> the feed hose to your mechanical pump
8: mm-hmm. and
5: um, a you want you want to you know basically blow back a little bit of pressure you could even um, just do it with basically your own mouth pressure if with an extension hose and see if you can um, blow through it blow through it and yeah, is it clear is, is it clear?
7: Haven't tried that. That'll be the next step.
5: Thanks on on an idea. older vehicle uh, where,
4: where Jeff's going with this, and he's probably got as much experience with this as probably a lot of shop owners do. Because if you get an older vehicle and you get some of the sludge and corrosion and things down in the tank, it will actually plug the pickup line is where mm-hmm. he's going with that.
5: Especially if there's a pickup sock or filter on the pickup tube. I don't know if an old Mustang would have a pickup. I never had the tank out of probably mind not a sock, I a sock, but it. there's
4: a pickup in it, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And, they, and they can get plugged up, Josie, is what happens. Yep.
7: And if it's plugged up, I see the challenge coming to clear the line. Yeah, well, the the bigger
4: challenge would be getting the tank clean so that doesn't happen again. And in this day and age, what I would tell you is, which I think is a better fix. I know there's companies out there that will boil and clean your existing tank, but if it's got that much problem inside of the tank already i would be looking for a new tank
5: well on a vehicle like that 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 tan- that replacement tank is so accessible so re- um available i would order a, a new tank over having it trying to have it boiled and cleaned out absolutely very good okay that is a yeah. nice motor in that 68 yes yeah, good job <laughs> good job Oh, works well
7: but it will did not start after sitting during the winter
4: yeah, that's too oh. bad all right. Try that and let you. us know how it goes. No, appreciate it very much. All right. Russ and Cheyenne, you're back. We'll take you as soon as we come back from this break. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
8: Now's the time to take advantage of Gino's Napa Brakes Special. This month, get a $50 Napa prepaid Visa card with a qualifying Napa Brakes parts purchase of $250 or more. For over 38 years, Gino's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. At Geno's, their team recommends checking your brakes every 5,000 miles. Stop in this week and they'll check your brakes for free. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, the Geno's team will back up their work with Napa's nationwide peace of mind warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop off your car and pick it up when ready. Genos continues their public service work, partnering with Hands of the Carpenter and donating work on vehicles for single mothers or women in need. Check out all their Google reviews for a good snapshot of their business. They're AAA approved and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit them online at GenosAutoservice.com. That's Genos with a J.
0: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance oil change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGfindashop.com. That's BGfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Avoid the pitfalls
3: with Kevin Flesh. Picture this. You're in court before a judge and jury trying to get the at-fault party's insurance company to cover your hospital bills, and the defense attorney pulls out your medical records. Comparing what you said to the police at the scene of your injury to what your doctor transcribed, you've contradicted yourself. You start to get nervous. You don't want to look like an idiot, but you simply don't recall what you said to the police. That was a long time ago. KLC's personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh & Beck Law prepares you for these kinds of questions, so you never need to worry about what to say. Of course, the opposition will always try to call your credibility into question, but with Kevin Flesh, you always know exactly how to respond. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. Kevin Flesh of Flesh & Beck Law, trial tested, trial ready.
9: Napa
0: No
4: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, thanks for joining us today. All right, real quick, Russ, before I go to you, one thing I wanted to mention, too, Jeff and I were talking about during the break. For a lot of you listening, you may not even know this exists because we we don't get into it a lot here, but a lot of the later model vehicles that have start-stop technology have two batteries on the vehicle as well. One is a start-stop battery, one is the main battery for the vehicle. Again, one of the reasons why... The manufacturers are most likely, you know, quote-unquote mapping how the charging needs to be working on said vehicle and why you want to go back to a baseline of, of call it zero, if you would, yeah. uh, when you put a new battery in because you're telling everything, hey, we need a reset here because we've got things that have changed. They're different than they were before. And, and again, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of you probably don't even know the fact that uh, if you've got a start-stop vehicle, you have two batteries, not just one. That's right. Russ and Cheyenne, uh, you're back. What's going on, sir?
10: Hey. <laughs> Sorry. So in my rambling before I got cut off by Verizon, um, I guess I was trying to say that I found that all the way across the country, they, they have the speed limits set so artificially low. Yes. It's just built for uh, revenue generation. Yeah, it is. And,
4: and, and what people forget as well, and this is something that, that I don't think folks understand as well, Russ, is, you know, our modern vehicles and the fact that, you know, there's competition there and we've had vehicles we've been importing from around the world, European especially, where their speed limits and things are much, much higher. So the vehicles are already built for those things. Uh, Yeah, we we live in a day and age, Russ, where our vehicles are much more capable of traveling at, at higher speeds than they ever have been. And yet we keep things artificially low in a lot of places. And I really, frankly, don't know why other than revenue.
10: Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, my 65 Mustang, you know, it doesn't handle like a 65 Mustang anymore.
4: No, no.
10: Because we tend to modify them, and we fix them, right. we make them better.
4: Right. And, and by the way, if you're no. still driving what was a 65 Mustang, you yourself would know what your speed capability is and you would adjust accordingly. You don't need somebody telling you to do that. Right.
10: Yeah, exactly.
4: So
5: that's my know, maybe point. the speed um, limits kept low to uh, compensate for the people that can't seem to drive over 35. Well, that's true too. Good point, Jeff. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yes, because well, they uh, need to yeah, be driving. Yes. They need to allow yes. the the hazard light thing yes. so that we know that when we're coming up on them at 75 or a buck 20 that uh, they're almost stopped. There you go. <laughs>
10: well, and the funny thing is, those guys are the ones that are you know driving super slow in the summertime, and then they're the same people that drive way too fast in the wintertime. Yeah. Yeah, good point. You know, I don't know. But I, I, I had a question on uh, car lifts. Yeah. So I've been, I've been looking at two post lifts, and okay. they have the asymmetrical and they have the symmetrical.
4: Correct. Mm-hmm.
10: And I don't understand what the advantage or disadvantage between the different
5: Typically, models. Typically, the single biggest advantage that I find is the ease to get in and out of the vehicle. Door opening. Yep. yep. Yeah, so for example, Russ, if you've got a situation where... You know, you're wanting
4: the door open. You still need the vehicle to go up and down on the lift because you're doing something maybe electrical-related or something like that where you want to raise the vehicle up some, but still have the door open to where you're not having to crawl around on your hands and knees. That's where that asymmetric lift works really, really well because you can keep the doors open and, and do what we're talking about. And it's, it's just ease of access in and out. It's easier for the technician and so on. The downside, and this is something Jeff and I have talked about numerous times, the downside is they, despite what some of them will tell you, I don't care what the lift companies say, they will not lift
5: the same as a regular symmetrical lift will. Okay. Safely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You end up doing a lot more uh, uh, screw jack support on a long truck. If for you're sure. doing, yeah, if you have a full-size pickup truck or
4: longer, I would not, and I'm going to repeat this, and I know there's some lift companies that probably would argue with me, but I would not put a full-size, even a, especially a crew cab, you know, crew cab long box truck, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I would never put one on an asymmetric lift.
5: Okay. Yeah. What well, I would try to do that's is. That's what uh, I
10: have. So, yeah. but I, I mean, the thing is, I guess my my pickup really doesn't fit in the garage that well anyway. So I, I'm not so concerned with lifting the with my pickup, but everything else, I'm just I'm gonna and, and if well, you I'm do I'm lift the pickup, around. I'm not
4: saying you yeah. won't lift it because weight wise it will. But if you do, to Jeff's point. You need a screw jack or something there that's really supporting that vehicle if and when it's up on the rack because the asymmetrics, you know, you're you're you've got more weight hanging off the back of the mm-hmm. truck than you normally or off the back of the lift than you normally would with a symmetrical right.
5: lift. Yeah, the the, the okay, weight so balance is neat. on yep. is, isn't there. Right. Yep.
10: Okay, so the asymmetrical moves the vehicle farther back? Yes,
5: Yes. exactly right.
10: Okay. The the arms, are you know, the the
4: posts are tilted a little or twisted a little, I should say. Uh, You've got a really, really short inner arm and a a very long uh, outer arm is the way I would probably describe that to folks listening. And it allows you, again, to scoot the vehicle back out of the lift posts, thereby allowing you to open the doors.
10: So when you see the pictures of people that have dumped their cars off a lift, are those generally done off of an asymmetrical lift? Then
4: not always depends on the knucklehead that loaded it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. We've all seen it. Now I've never yeah. uh, knock on wood all the years of owning shops and so on. Uh, we never ever dumped one off. Uh, no one even even technicians. And again, if people are taught correctly on how to position the lift or position the vehicle on the lift and so on, that's never an issue. Uh, but man, I you know there's been some times where it gets a little dicey.
5: Yep. Yeah.
10: Okay. And as far as a four-post lift, um, what's a what's an advantage or disadvantage other than easier access to certain parts?
5: Usually, a four-post is typically just done as a you know it's just a drive-on, and you're dealing with the, like rolling jacks in the center to lift the right. to lift the tires off um, off the platform. So it all depends. Really, has to do with what your intended usage of the lift is. Right. Um, typically, the a four-post is an add-on to a shop that already has a couple two posts.
4: Or if you're a homeowner and you're looking to do double decking, or you're wanting to store a vehicle mm-hmm. on top of each other, the four posts work much much better for that rust than a two post would.
10: Okay. And yeah. they're safe. Yeah, and, and for the average homeowner, by back. the way,
4: a four post is much safer because you don't have what you just talked about. No, nothing's going to get dumped off.
10: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit more of a space penalty, but there is mm-hmm.
4: for sure.
0: Yes, I'm there just is.
10: Trying to, I don't know, I. It's a toss-up. To it's like to a,
4: yeah, that's that. It's a tough one. I mean, it's like okay, which, um, you know, what lawnmower do I use for for what part of my yard? Well, it depends on what you're doing. The same is true with this lift application. It depends on what you're doing as to which one you want.
5: Right. Yeah. And one. I, last mean, th- I guess there's enough
10: there's enough room in a four post that if you were doing a transmission or something, that would. Still
4: oh
5: yeah.
10: Be
4: yeah. Always typically. Yeah. That's not an issue.
5: One last thing you want okay. to consider is the garage pad that you're putting it on how thick and how well supported things are the four post because you're spreading that load a lot of times you can get away with you know not reinforcing the garage pad or anything
4: a lot of the four posts by the way russ too which is also nice some of the homeowner type four posts have literally casters that can go on them where you literally you can move the four post around and reposition it if need be you're never going to get that out of a two post you got to bolt those down
10: right yeah and when i poured my floor i poured a six inch floor
4: you're fine then no issues you can do whatever you want. I, it's just a matter of deciding what lift works best for you.
10: Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that that gives me a direction.
4: Okay. Russ, thanks, as always. And for everybody listening, I know that's a little bit long on what type of lift, but a lot of you listening have the ability to put a, a lift or a rack system in your shop or garage or whatever. And for a lot of you, they're not as expensive as they once were either. Those things have really, really come down in price. There are some 4 post you know, lighter weight, homeowner use only type racks. And I say homeowner use, and the reason why they're a homeowner only versus a shop is they're slow. So they're a 110 operated instead of a 220. The pump's a lot slower. Uh, It just takes a lot longer to raise and lower the vehicle. But if you're a homeowner and and time isn't of a big deal, they work great and they're much, much cheaper. And I'm not exaggerating. You can buy a four post homeowner type unit. Uh, You know, They're sold, Napa sells them all day long. And you literally can get into those for three to thirty five hundred dollars delivered mm-hmm. to your door that's how well they you know that's how much they've come down in price so yeah. uh, again just whatever you guys are, are thinking and for a lot of you listening uh, it's not something out of reach you know if you've got enough high enough ceiling and even a regular three or four car garage at home two-car garage even you, you could place one and you'd be in in, in fine shape Jack and Longmont you're next.
11: I um I got a question. I have a new Subaru uh that has the eyesight driver yes. assist yes. cameras.
4: Yes. All right,
11: so then I uh, just registered the car to get a uh transponder for the uh HOV lane and mm-hmm. all roads. Mm-hmm. They want you to hang that below the rear view mirror.
10: I
4: wouldn't. So what, what what are my options? Put that down in the lower left corner. They won't tell you that it will work there, and they will tell you it just got, has to be up on the windshield. But I can tell you from personal use, put it in the. By the way, it looks better when they're down low, so that they're not so obnoxiously right in your face. Right. Just put it in the lower left corner and call it good. It still works. Yes, yeah, so right. it'll work fine, despite what they will tell you. And by the way, I don't know why. That, I mean, that thing you, you could. I've had that thing in the in the cup holder. And it'll still pick up, Jack. So why they tell you that thing needs to be placed high underneath the, the rearview mirror? I don't have the foggiest idea, because they'll work anywhere in the vehicle. Good enough. I okay. appreciate it. Thank You're you. very welcome, Jack. And again, that, to me, that's one of those wives' tales misconceptions. I, I don't know who at the toll you know place is telling you that thing has to... I, wh- why? Any idea
5: why they tell you I that, Jeff? I couldn't tell you. I, I, I def- typically don't even do the HOV thing or, or the toll roads if I can avoid it, <laughs> I mean, I, I have the two different passes that there are, and I'm not exaggerating,
4: folks. I literally, at times, because of who knows what, uh, that thing ends up in the cup holder, and does it still work? Yeah, yeah, it works. Just it works mighty fine, by the way. Yeah. Bail and Firestone, you're next.
11: Yes, uh, I called you about three, four weeks ago about a escort that wouldn't start. It would crank, and uh, this uh, what happened was really crazy. Um, it ended up being the pulley on the ac compressor was was locked pr- up was locking up ah, okay. and it kept the car from starting. Sure. I don't hmm. believe it. I had the belt off sure. and I was uh, going to check the timing belt and I noticed that was stuck and I thought well surely that couldn't keep it from
4: oh, starting. sure could.
11: And I got in there and cranked it, and it fired right up and ran so uh, Awesome. Yeah, that good. Was I'd never heard of something like that before. That's a
4: very rare occurrence, what you just described, by the way. It doesn't happen. I've only seen that maybe in my whole lifetime once or twice. Yeah, ever.
11: I'd, n- I'd never seen it because it was cranking, you know. Right. And, uh, just not fast
4: it... enough, probably. I guess not. Well, and, see, and, that's, and you bring up something, too, real quick. That's something folks, again, don't understand is... Uh, on modern vehicles with a lot of the modern, you know, technology, fuel injection, and so on, it's measuring the revolutions per minute, so it knows the RPM that it's cranking. And if it doesn't crank fast enough, it will not fire. In a lot of cases, depending upon the system.
11: Oh, yeah, but that was that was the weirdest thing I ever saw. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to. No, bring I'm glad that you up.
4: said that. No, that, that's one of those reminders of, yeah, something to check if need be. Yep.
11: Yeah. And also on the, uh, I got a solar powered battery tender, and uh, I I still disconnect the battery because I got a couple cars I don't drive. Okay, you know, <clears throat> and uh, it, it seems to work fine. Uh, Good. Actually, I alternate it between two cars that set side by side. Nice. And uh, one day I'll hook it to the one, and the next day I'll hook it to the other. And nice, it, it, they keep the battery up. Okay, I, good
4: to know. I've, again, I've never used one personally, so these are good testimonies.
11: Yeah, it was only like twenty four dollars or twenty five dollars. I think I got it at AutoZone or somewhere. I don't remember for sure where I got it, but
4: nice. It,
11: it seemed it keeps them up because then I hook them up and they start right up.
4: So. Nice, good deal.
11: But that you said something that might uh, affect the computers on those. Uh, keeping them disconnected for a month or in
4: some so. vehicles it can yes
11: now it's a 2006 mustang gt
4: you're old enough that's not an issue
11: okay yeah the other are a 2002 thunderbird you're so. fine on those two uh, okay yeah i hadn't had a problem but no
4: you won't on those you'll be fine
11: okay yeah but so those solar do work when you're not good. available
4: good. to uh, plug in good to know i appreciate that bill okay thank you sir thanks for the testimony we appreciate it all right we'll be right back we got we got one uh, line open, 303-477-5600. Eric and Thornton, Steve in South Carolina. You guys hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive
9: Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's & Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about the driveline components in your car, specifically the fluids in the driveline components of your car. Manufacturer recommendations for maintenance on these fluids vary significantly according to the year, make, model, and most importantly, the driving conditions. Most manufacturers list severe driving conditions as mountain driving, stop and go traffic, cold weather driving, hot weather driving, or towing and hauling loads. By my count, I've experienced all of these conditions just this week. So. How do you know when to service the fluids in your transfer case or differential? Our recommendation is to replace any fluid before the fluid has reached a point of failure. For driveline components, we recommend a 30,000 mile interval with our gear oils and limited slip additives. Many gear oils will show significant signs of sheer breakdown and oxidation well in advance of 30,000 miles and should be serviced prior to the point of failure in order to protect your driveline components. So to ensure that your mountain driver, toy hauler, or traffic sitter stays trouble free and fun to drive, replace your gear oils with a high quality gear oil every 30,000 miles and take full advantage of all the great outdoors of our wonderful state thanks again drive radio listeners this is chris hammond with bg products we'll talk to you again next week
2: call Novus autoglass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money Novus Auto Glass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and find the windshield repair
1: expert nearest you, Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Luenberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect.
2: It's time to get out the grill for some all-natural mouth-watering meats raised right here at home from Barber's Foods. For over 70 years in Colorado, Barber's Foods has stayed true to their mission to provide their customers with only the highest quality organic, antibiotic-free meats from family farms they know personally. So whether you're buying beef, bison, pork, or poultry, they know where it's coming from and the families who raise the animals with care and respect. Place your order now at Barber'sFoods.com or call 303-466-7338. Pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse located at i 70 and Brighton Boulevard near the National Western Center, or for those in the Denver metro area, Barber's Foods will deliver direct. Colorado-sourced bison, organic grass-fed beef, USDA prime beef, purebred wagyu, slow-raised non-GMO Duroc pork, free-range chicken, non-GMO turkeys, and more. Barber's Foods, 100% Colorado native-owned and operated. Barber'sFoods.com.
4: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening to us today. I appreciate it very much. Myself, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4, Steve in South Carolina. You're up next. Yeah, hi guys. How are we doing, getting, sir? Uh, How's the, how is South Carolina today?
7: It's hot. That's what I heard. Running in the
4: 90s. That's, and that with humidity, that's a little warm, isn't it?
7: Yeah, it's getting that way. I yeah. sure miss Colorado with the dry weather out there.
4: Well, it, and in in today here, you're you'll be jealous. It's only 61 today.
7: Oh gee can I move back?
4: <laughs> You're always welcome back, Steve.
7: Yeah. My comment on the uh lifts. Um we actually found a lift out here about a year ago. My wife was happened to see something listed on I think it was Facebook Marketplace by a company that services, installs and maintains lifts for Costco in the Atlanta, South Carolina region. Okay. And apparently every 10 years or so, they go through and change out the lift.
4: Yeah, I, that would make sense. They most likely, yeah. In their world, the, the OSHA safety side of the fence, they probably don't have much choice but to do that.
7: So we were able to snag a lift from them. They they removed the lift from the Costco. We showed up one Saturday morning with a trailer. Nice. They loaded it on the trailer for us. We hauled it home and installed it in the garage. Nice. And we got a. We got it for about half
4: price. So you probably bought really that for deal. what fifteen hundred or so?
7: About two, two, two
4: grand. Yeah, it's about half. Yeah, good for you. It's a good deal. Nice.
7: And it was a uh, Challenger.
4: Nice. That's 10, a nice brand. Thousand pound. Yeah.
7: Asynchronous or a uh, asymmetric lift.
4: Yep. Nice. And, and yeah, that's a good so rack. No, you that did fine. No, that's a that's a great brand by the way. Nothing wrong with those at all. And and you know, for you, that la- that rack will last you eternity. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, yeah, we use it a lot, and so my suggestion is, if people can keep an eye out for companies like that that do
4: maintenance. Yeah. And well, and you know, and Steve, there's protection. other shops too. I mean, even even Jeff and I have had this conversation. You know, every shop will go through. I used to do it. You, you'll go through and replace things that get, you know, start to get a little bit old. And you know, there's new safety devices, by the way, that come on the new racks. And yeah, I've I've been known to sell used racks as an owner mm-hmm. over the years. Sure, happens all the time. Yep. Yeah. Okay, just No, I'd that's a great that that's on. a great advice. No, Steve, thank you. That that's that's fabulous. So, stay safe in South Carolina and appreciate that tip. And yeah, for those of you listening, you don't always have to go buy new. There is the ability to, to go used. Now, one caveat to that. In his, in this case, this worked for Steve because he had a company that they were buying through that probably did some inspections of this, made sure cables were good and so on and so forth. The one thing you'd have to be careful of on a used lift is the cables can get stretched depending on who was using it. Mm -hmm. Now, typically, they just sit and glide along. Unless you get a knucklehead technician that does something stupid, and then they start to get stretched, and Jeff knows what I mean by that. If they're adjusted properly and they're doing what they need to be and they're in sync and so on, those things will last a very, very long time as well where a lot of these bigger companies, especially at Costco, where they just know their exposure is huge, and they've got, well, I'll say it, probably less than stellar technicians working in the tire service shop. And I'm not trying to be rude there. What I'm saying is, you know, a shop like Jeff's is requiring a higher-end technician because of the work that Jeff and his crew are doing. You know, somebody at a Costco is doing oil changes and tire changes and things along those lines. And, And no offense, it just doesn't require the same caliber of technician there. And you want to try to, quote unquote, idiot-proof those lifts as much as you possibly can. So yes, if new lifts come out where there's much better technology and it's safer and it's easier and faster, of course they're going to upgrade.
5: And you got to look at a high volume shop like that. You know, that, those, that equipment's going to need maintenance, and then they got to factor in the maintenance costs versus you know the replacement well, it's speed. costs. That's the other thing that's happened to. And Jeff
4: knows yep. this as well. They're, they're, for those of you listening, uh, in the lift world. There are now lifts that are like supersonic, I could almost say, as far as how mm-hmm. fast they'll raise and lower a car, which makes the production side of the fence in the shop much higher. So a lot of times the shop will even switch up just to go to that faster mm-hmm. lift going up and down, versus what they had there prior. Nothing wrong with the old lift; it's just slower for the production shop. Yep. That best way for me to explain that.
5: Yeah.
4: So so yeah. So to, to Steve's point a moment ago, yes, please you can look around. And uh, Facebook Marketplace being a great place for that. And just real quick, by the way, folks, Craigslist is almost a done deal. It's kind of dead. Fa- Facebook Marketplace has, for the most part, I think, supplanted you know, Craigslist. And what I have noticed is not that there's not some scams on Facebook Marketplace, because there is. But I will tell you that I think, personally speaking, it's easier to identify the scams on Facebook than it is the scams on Craigslist.
5: Well, it's linked to a personal account.
4: Correct. Where Craigslist, you don't have the foggiest idea who put that ad up. Now, same rules apply. We'll just go through this real quick. Same rules apply if you're buying something off of Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. Depending upon the item, of course, if you're the seller, you typically, there are exceptions to this, but you typically want to sell and meet in a designated, high-lit, high-traffic area area near a police station. Sometimes at the police station would actually be a good place. And by the way, most all police stations, if not all of them, will allow you to transact a sale like this in their parking lot and will not bother you one iota. In fact, they would actually probably encourage you to do so. Uh, The last thing you want to do is be meeting somebody in some dark alley to make some, you know, transaction where you have no idea what's going to happen next. Do those transactions not at your home, because they don't know, they don't need to know where you live. By the way, that's why you don't do them at home. So, not at home, at a police station, or you know, because of the security that is in Walmart parking lots and places like that. They're probably pretty safe as well. But honestly, if you're close enough to a police station, that's the best place to go and
5: transact business. That's a good idea. I've always been lazy about it and just gone with the what's most convenient. But you, well, it's a good point. You're six foot what now? <laughs> about six four. okay, so you know no offense
4: you you are uh you know you you' are a little bit of a one-upper when it comes to that on that side of the fence anyways, but you know there's a lot of folks out there listening and 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 by the way, we have ladies that will sell things you know on their own and so on and again, I just think good practice even for mm-hmm. somebody like Jeff, good practice is go to the police station yeah if you're, if you're gonna sell a you know cell phone or a part or a tool or even buy one, just suggest to the seller or you suggest if you're the seller to just meet at the police station and do it there because here's the other thing that does. If the person doesn't want to meet there, mm-hmm. does that tell you that you should probably not be transacting with them in the first place? Could be, because if everybody's on the up and up, who has a problem going to the police station? Yep, no one. So uh, just again, just a little word to the whys there when it comes to how you transact on you know Facebook Marketplace and and you know and even eBay is a totally different ball game. That's another conversation, but you know Facebook Marketplace, a lot of things are transacted now. A lot of cars listed. On Facebook Marketplace, and again, I am one that will tell you: do that transaction not at your house, but in a neutral location, preferably the police station. And we got some other tips we can talk about there as well. But you know, buyer beware when it comes to selling on Facebook and other places. And the bigger the transaction, the more careful you need to be. Mm-hmm. Another, <clears throat> which I've learned too through the last you know couple of years here. One of the best ways to transact the money side of things is get a Venmo account or something like it. If you don't know what Venmo is, go Google it. V-E-N-M-O, Venmo. And it's an app on your phone. You, you basically uh, link that to one of your bank accounts. And if somebody wants to pay you something, they literally can Venmo you the money. It goes into your Venmo account. You can then take it from the Venmo account right into your checking or savings account. Done deal. Secure, handled, protected. You're not handling cash. You're not worried about if the cash is good or not. Just do the Venmo side of it, and you're done. Agree or disagree?
5: Yeah, I've used it a couple times now. Because
4: the, be- the money thing is always an issue as well. You know, yep. h- how is this person going to pay? Yep. I will double-check. I don't believe there's a limit on the Venmo side. But before I speak out of turn during this break, I will double check that. But again, for those of you that do some transactions that way, uh, Venmo, I think, is one of your best bets to to do that with. So we'll come right back. One more segment left in this hour. Lines are open. I should have mentioned a moment ago. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4. Question of the day is what current driving law would you eliminate if you could? Charlie said we could also add which one would you add. I hate adding laws, but, you know, if you can't think of one that you would eliminate, what would you add? TJ texted Jeff a moment ago and said uh, metered lights, right?
5: Yep, those uh, the ones stop lights off. at the on and off ramps. and. You know, of course, we'd have to teach people how to merge, which... They
4: they don't know how.
5: Yeah, yeah. I don't know why the whole idea of a zipper and, you know... Why don't we get that? And that,
4: by the way, folks, zipper lanes include when you see an accident in one lane, you do not have to pull out of that lane until you're actually at said accident. You do not need to merge over there a half a mile ahead of it. All you're doing is clogging up traffic even worse. Zipper in at the... Place of the accident where the emergency vehicle is telling you to move over, that's when you move over. No, you're not cheating. No, you're not going around anybody. That is what dot even will tell you is the proper way to merge any of those particular situations, including heading into construction.
5: Yeah, but maybe people just don't understand zippers. I mean, everything's Velcro now. <laughs> you may be right, Jeff. Destiny and Littleton,
4: you're next.
13: Oh, hi. Um, one of the weird girls that listens to cars, though.
4: Oh, you're fine. Thank you. We appreciate it very much.
13: Yeah. Um, I've had some little old cars, and it, uh, one thing that I realized is if you don't, uh, if they don't change the title out of your name, they're running around on your insurance and can end up making problems to you. So I meet them. Um, I've only done a few, but I meet them at the DMV, and we go in together, and it gets transferred right there in front of me. um, By the way, that's
4: one option, Destiny. There's another feature now that we have that I learned about last week that I did not know prior. You can actually do that now online and essentially go online to the DMV's website and deregister yourself from said car, put in the new owner's name in. Now, it's up to them to still go down and get everything handled, but what you've done is taken yourself off of the record of that car.
13: It's a good idea. I don't have a computer, so I'm still one of those kids that goes sure. down in person. And they'll probably let you do that, too, but I didn't know that was available. Oh, you know what? And, and I,
4: I I did not know that yeah. until last week. We have one of our great used car guys, Bob, who emailed me last yes. week and said, here's something you should let your listeners know. I did not know about that either. But for those of you that have access, and by the way, Destiny, your idea is still one of the best ideas is just head into DMV together. That's been a little hard to do through COVID with a lot of things shut down and so on, but you can Correct. now... Again, do that remotely, where you don't have to drive to DMV to get yourself off the title.
5: I never
13: well, even realized that people. was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've got people there, just like you would have police. Right. And mine, a couple of them are right next to the police stations, anyhow. And so it's, it's just a nice parking lot. Yep. You know, you give me the cash, we walk right in, and there's people all around all the time. So I just found that that's the safest thing for, for me, and uh, gets it done right now, and I'm over it.
4: You, one thing you reminded me of, too, Destiny, as you just called in and said that, is always, 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 for any of you listening, when you sell a vehicle, make sure you take the license plates off of the vehicle mm-hmm. you sold. It doesn't matter if you're going to right. reuse those or not. Get your name of record off of that vehicle the minute you sell it.
13: yep yeah, that's, that's the other one, too, and thanks for reminding me, too. That's great.
4: Well, your your call reminded me of that. And, and by the way, you've got a great idea, too. If you've got the ability to just go in with the person you're selling it to and handle it all right then and there, great. Now, a lot of you don't, and I get that. You can now go to the DMV website, and, again, like I said a moment ago, deregister yourself from that vehicle. And I believe, Destiny, even add the new owner's name in, and then it's up to them to go down to DMV and finish the transaction.
13: That's a super deal. I didn't know about that. But you still got to do the transaction. As far as I'm concerned. If they don't want
4: to go down there, they don't buy my car. You are correct. I, I am on your side on that. I agree with you wholeheartedly.
13: Okay, thank you. D-
4: Destiny, thanks. No, great great comments, great, by the way. You. And uh, uh, she is exactly right. And by the way, she just added another place that as long as it's daylight hours, you could make a transaction. That would be at, you know, one of your local, you know, jails, courthouses, mm-hmm. the DMV, those kinds of places as well would be a good place to go and make a transaction so that you've got some other eyes in ears there yeah. as well. Good. some They were going to add, did you have something else on the laws to remove besides the metered lights? Did somebody else say something? Or is it merging was the other thing? Yeah, Sorry. the, the merging. merging part, yep. yep. You know, why can nobody merge? I don't know. And why is it that folks don't understand that the on-ramp is so you can get up to speed of the highway you're merging into, which around here, just, to, just a side note, folks, I know most of my listeners this isn't an issue with, but if the speed limit is 65 – and the cars are driving 70. Jeff, how fast do you need to be going in the merge lane before you merge in?
5: It would be 70. Thank you. easy math. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) Why is that so hard?
4: Then why do we merge in at 45 and clog up traffic? I, I, no comment. I've yet to figure that one out. In fact, merging should be like one of the first things on the driver's test, period. Not all the other stuff. Everybody knows how a stoplight works and all of that. So there's a couple of things I think should be at the top of the list. Merging, four-way stops, and what do you do if the lights are flashing at a stoplight? All of those should be covered at the beginning of the test. Yeah, yeah. Because, by the way, those are the ones no one knows about.
5: Yeah. <laughs> flashing red light is you act like a stop sign. Like a four-way stop. Yeah.
4: Yep. What and, if it's, okay, and what know if it's the, the white, yellow on one side and
5: red on the other, Jeff? Well, one's a stop and one's a... a caution.
4: A, a caution, yeah. So the, st- the side that is yellow means you don't stop. Mm-hmm. It means you go through slowly, cautionly, to make sure no one else is yeah. coming through. And those of you that have the red one flashing, you stop.
5: Yep. Now, the merging thing, I think, is just a technique thing. I think you they need to be lay it out. they get some extra training or what? what uh, do they yeah, need but it's, it's <laughs> as you're... As you're merging onto the side of a highway, you look to your side, you pick a car, and you say, either I'm gonna pull in behind him or I'm gonna get in front of him.
4: Okay, so here's another tip for everybody. I already know what Jeff's going to say. Do you know when I actually look as to where I'm going to merge? Long before the merge point comes in, as long as I can see it. Typically, on ramps are kind of slope down. Not always, yep. some I know slope up. But typically, I'm looking over, kind of monitoring what's traffic mm-hmm. doing, Oh, probably 500 feet before I even have to start merging in so I can kind of pick which car I'm going to tuck in with. Exactly. So that as I I get to that car and I'm merging in, I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing so that I don't have to think twice about it.
5: Yep. Which is great,
4: except for when the guy in the lane over picks your spot. (laughs) Yeah, and and you have to be – no, good point. You have to be aware of that and make sure that you're accounting for somebody that may – which also, by the way, folks – Good driving habits are if you're that guy in that, let's say it's a three-lane highway Mm -hmm. and you know there's a merge lane coming in on the right lane
5: and you are in the middle
4: lane, don't change the right lane. (laughs) Not unless you're having to exit, you know, there's another exit coming up. But, you know, if if you've got time before the next exit and you need to merge over, you don't merge before the ramp. You do that after. In other words, merge to the right lane. Why? Because there's other people trying to get into that lane as well at the same time. Don't be a knucklehead and screw that up. Wait for that other
5: person to get in and then go past it and then move.
4: Yeah. We're talking merging. I know it's yeah, I
5: know. You're complicated. Trying, you're trying to teach awareness and care for others.
4: You know, it just What it does is if we <laughs> learn how to merge and zipper and do all things correctly, traffic flows so much better, and we all get to where we need to go that much faster. And, yes, this is drive radio, and, yes, we talk about driving, and, yes, this is applicable to everybody listening. Merging isn't that difficult. It's really not. It's a little proper planning,
5: mm-hmm.
4: knowing where you're going. And just another tip for everybody that and most of you that drive know this anyways, but do you all realize that you go where you're thinking you're going to go? In other words, what you're thinking about and the direction that your eyes are, that's where the steering wheel's going to go and where the car is going to move to?
5: Yep. That's why when you turn around to look at your kids in the back seat, you end up doing a lane change without realizing it.
4: You don't do that. <laughs> That's what mirrors are for. (laughs) Serious, that's what mirrors are for because you're screwing things up when you do that. And, again, folks don't really understand. It's like sports or anything else. Where your eyes are focused on and what you're thinking about is where your natural just movement is going to take you in that vehicle – that's why they always talk about you know race car drivers and, and you know knowing where you're going to go and what your next move is and so on. It's all based upon what I just said a moment ago. You should mm-hmm. always be looking at where you want to be not where you are now. Mm-hmm. That's how you drive a race car It's how you drive sh- that's how you should drive any car basically is where are you wanting to be, not where you are now. And then by the way, pay attention mm-hmm. last you know, last but not least just yep. pay attention really not that difficult to drive
5: and, and respect the guys around you right? Especially the guys in like, you know, pulling trailers yes. or semis. Yes. They yeah, respect those guys. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And another thing too, I know the truckers would appreciate this is, you know, last but not least, don't just pull right in front of a guy in an 18 wheeler. That's got 80,000 pounds of weight that he's hauling along. And then all of a sudden he has to stop quickly because you just darted in front of him. Give, give him or her some, some room so that that doesn't happen and you know, be respectful of what they're trying to do as well, because they've got a job to do also. That's right. And last but not least, you don't want them running, over you trying to stop quickly because you were the knucklehead that pulled in front of them. I get it. It's a responsibility to make sure they stop for you. And I understand that, but when you're in some of the traffic we've have, have around here along the front range, um, you're going to run into some of the situations we just talked about to where, you know, you're, you're having to uh, be aware of those people that are around you and and I know they're doing the same thing. I get it, but like I said, they've got a job to do as well. And we need to be respectful of that also. So, All right, so let's do this. We've got another flower coming your way. I do want to talk about hail, folks. There's some great devices out right now that can help you when it comes to hail. There's also some things we will give you tips and tricks on when it comes to even things you have around the house to where if you're going to protect your vehicle from hail, we'll talk about some of those things as well and some really cheap things you can do in that realm as as well. So we'll come right back. Don't go anywhere. Myself, Jeff from JC's British and 4x4. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
7: Still haven't had enough.